Welcome to the Transcend Human Podcast. My name is Daryl McMullen, and this is a show where we discuss how we can rise above the human condition. We address topics that we all wrestle with because we're all human. And together we look for more positive ways to respond to the world around us. Thank you for joining us on the journey. We hope today's topic is exactly what you need for the week ahead. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. It is June 14th, 2021. Happy Monday to all of you, wherever you're at around the country or around the world. Thank you for joining us. So where to begin? Um, man, I mean, things things are going pretty well here in California. Uh, things are opening back up from COVID. I know a lot of you uh, in other states have been open for a really long time. So you're like, well, what's your problem over there in California? Um, it's California. It is what it is. Um, but yeah, I went to a, uh, uh, went to a restaurant last night or I guess it was over the weekend. Um, and nobody was wearing masks, right? We walked right in, no one in line had masks on, sat down, ate, left without putting a mask on. I mean, it was, it was really the first time for me in a long time uh, that that had happened to where I almost didn't need to bring it with me. And what a change, right? From the past 18 months and how, how we've had to live our lives. Um, it's just, it's just crazy. You almost feel like naked or like you're doing something wrong. Uh, if you don't have a mask on, which is, is just not the way it should be. Um, so that happened this weekend. And then, um, I also got to spend some time with my friend, Mike, uh, on Saturday had a great time just shooting the breeze, talking about life. Um, and then, you know, getting to spend some time talking about things that we want to do in our life, things like uh, writing projects, things like, you know, just things you're passionate about that you've kind of thought about for a while, but you just haven't put them into place because it's like either either there's fear of starting or there's just you know, well, how am I going to do it? And and how on earth am I going to incorporate that into my life? I'm already busy. I'm already, you know, working 40, 50 hours a week. Where on earth would that fit into my schedule? And so had a great time chatting with him. Um, yeah, great weekend. Uh, so let's jump into our minute of transparency. I'm just going to call this one battle scars. So in eighth grade, um, I experienced what I can only describe as drama gone wrong. Um, I think we'd all agree that drama starts in middle school, kind of polishes itself off in high school, fades a bit in college, um, but then unfortunately can re resurrect itself kind of in adulthood, right? Adults who just don't want to grow up. Uh, unfortunately, there are a lot of us who fall into this category. For some reason, drama just doesn't want to die when we become adults, right? But the story I'm going to tell you takes place in middle school, um, in that time of your life where drama is literally just becoming a thing, right? Middle schoolers, I think middle schoolers just create drama. It's They're like, what is this thing, this cool thing called drama? Let's see what it looks like. Let's see if we can make it happen. Um, but at any rate... Uh, when I was in middle school, I went to a small uh, one-room schoolhouse. Uh, we lived in Powell, Wyoming. And, you know, from second grade to seventh grade, I was in this small one-room schoolhouse with, you know, multiple grades in one room. 
Um, and that's all I really knew. Uh, then for some reason it had to shut down. And so my friends and I all had to go, um, to the large public school in town, uh, the public, uh, public middle school. And I was in eighth grade at the time. So I started the year, I found some friends, I joined the football team. Um, and I thought life was going pretty well, right? Uh, one of the friends I had made was literally a freak of nature. I mean, we were all what, 13, 14, something like that. So, you know, either right on the edge of puberty or just having gone through puberty uh, in eighth grade. And, you know, it was that awkward stage where some had gone through, some hadn't. Um, and I can't even remember, you know, if I had or not. But my freak friend uh, had not only gone through puberty, but he looked like he had come out the other side swinging, swinging hard. Uh, he was tall. He had like a full adult physique. Uh, you know, he even had a mustache going on in eighth grade. Um, now that was kind of cool, right? It was cool that he was my friend because people would look at us. I mean, they were probably looking at him, but I was there. And so it went, you know, for a couple months. And then after uh, practice one day, I think we were, I wandered back into the locker room to shower and change in order to go home. Uh, and in walked my friend. And the first thing I noticed is that there was steam coming out of his ears. He literally walked up to me and just started yelling about something. I don't even know. I can't even remember what it was that he was yelling about. Uh, but he just kept getting louder and louder. And eventually it kind of became physical. He started pushing me around. Uh, at one point, he kind of picked me up and just threw me into my locker. Uh, and he was telling me, like, I'm going to knock your head off. And, um, you know, it just it had escalated out of control and I had no idea what was going on. Then out of out of nowhere, uh, one of the linemen, a really big guy and not big like muscular, but just big, heavy guy walks over and basically pulled him off of me, told him to go take a hike and cool off. Um, and that was it. I, I thanked the guy for stepping in and then I headed home. And the whole while heading home, I'm just like, what on earth just happened? To this day, I don't even know, right? I don't even know why he was mad or what I had done to make him angry. Uh, I think, you know, later in the week, I heard rumors that, you know, maybe somebody had told somebody who told somebody something and and I was somehow involved. And, um, you know, and then uh, after that, I, I heard what was probably the real truth. And somebody said that, you know, my friend had been taking steroids for football for quite a while. And they're like, oh, it was probably just roid rage. You know, that's really all it was. Uh, but looking back, you know, I felt like drama played a huge role in whatever it was that happened that day, right? Somebody had said something to stir the pot, to create an issue where there probably wasn't one. And unfortunately, it ended our friendship, right? We never talked again. And I don't think either of us was old enough or mature enough to even try and work it out. Uh, we simply moved on and never addressed it. So what about you? I mean, have you ever experienced something like that, some drama at that level to where it literally potentially ruins a relationship in your life or, or causes you pain on some level? Or have you been on the other side? Have you been the one that's created drama where there didn't need to be drama? Have you stirred the pot, stoked the fires to the point where other people around you wound up experiencing pain or, you know, wound up having relational problems? If so, you're in the right place. 
I'm in the right place this morning. Today's topic, transcending drama. Uh, In this episode, we're going to talk about drama isn't just for the theater. Two, does drama find me or do I find the drama? And three, living the drama-free life. So number one, drama isn't just for theater. So what is this drama thing we're talking about, right? According to dictionary.com, we have a couple definitions to choose from. Um, So you have a composition in prose or verse presented in dialogue or pantomime, uh, a story involving conflict or contrast of character, especially one intended to be acted on the stage as a play. Number two, the branch of literature having such compositions as its subject, dramatic art or representation. Number three, the art dealing with writing and the production of plays. Four, any situation or series of events having vivid, emotional, conflicting, or striking interest or results. For example, the drama of a murder trial. And number five, the quality of being dramatic. For example, personal involvement in high levels of conflict or contrast, being vivid, emotional, moving, or striking. Now, obviously, we aren't going to talk about the theater in this episode, so we can basically skip definitions one through three. But it's the last two that should help define our path today. So definition five and six uh, both offered two sides of what I would call the drama coin. So side number one, events that include drama. Side number two, being the drama yourself. And this is really the way I want to address drama throughout the episode, right? I want to talk about drama that exists outside of us as part of the world around us. And then I want to talk about the drama that we create, drama that comes from within us. But before we dive into that any further, let's just talk a bit more about drama and you know what it looks like and how it impacts us. So technically, we need to focus on the drama that comes from inside of us, right? You, me, all of us. Because the drama that exists in the world doesn't magically appear. Drama isn't some natural phenomenon that is just in the world, right? Like wind or like gravity. No, drama exists only because there are dramatic people in the world. Let that sink in for a minute. Life isn't dramatic. People are dramatic. So if that's true, then we need to start there, right, with ourselves and ask the question, why are some people drama queens? So I went on Google uh, just to search what I could find on drama, and here's a few of the ideas that I found. According to Matt Clark from walkingtheshoreline.com, dramatic people have this in common. They are usually bored, discontent people. Now, boredom has never been associated with anything good, right? Right. When someone says they are bored, they rarely follow it up with, so I think I'm going to find the cure for cancer because I'm bored. No. What typically follows is a string of lazy or bad behaviors. And the same is true for people who are discontent, right? A discontent person is rarely positive, uplifting, or problem-solving. Instead, they tend to be irritable frustrated, negative, and those sorts of things. So according to Matt, this behavior often causes issues in two places. First, in romantic relationships, and second, in friendships. 
And then he talks about some potential causes or some some potential places where this drama is coming from. So here's a direct quote, a direct quote. Perhaps this person needs to create drama to avoid having to think or do something about the state of their own life. Ouch, right? So to summarize the rest of his comments, he basically goes on to explain how dramatic people tend to find drama everywhere, right? Not just in their relationships, they find it everywhere. They're never quite happy with the world around them. And even when there are things or reasons to be happy, they tend to sabotage or self-sabotage these things. Ultimately, the dramatic person creates chaos in their environment, similar to the way they saw it in their head before it even existed. Wow, that's pretty deep. Let me say that again. So this whole idea is that we see the world in a negative light, and then we actually manifest what we see into reality, sometimes without even thinking about it or understanding what we're doing. This is why drama can be so powerful and why we need to understand how it can infiltrate our lives. Now, there were many articles like this one, so I'll just kind of skip through those and uh, go right to a fun one. Uh, as I was doing more research on drama, I started to see another word emerge, and that word was toxic. Toxic people, toxic relationships, which makes total sense, right? When a person is all drama all the time, they are usually said to be toxic, right? Because their behavior has reached a level to where it actually becomes harmful to those around them. So I found this article called Seven Types of Toxic People and How to Spot Them. Uh, it was on scienceofpeople.com and the author was Vanessa Van Edwards. Uh, so let's see what she has to say about these dramatic or toxic people. There's seven types. Uh, the first is the conversational narcissist. So these are people who interrupt all the time. It's all about them. Uh, they always seem to be better. They always seem to be able to one-up the story that you're trying to tell. Number two, the straight jacket. So these are, these are controlling people who have to be right. They can't see your point of view, and they keep trying to convince you to fall into alignment with their beliefs. Number three, the emotional moocher. Uh, these are people who suck the life out of you. They are negative, sad, depressed, always pessimistic, and they often bring everyone else down with them. Number four, the drama magnet. For these people, something is always wrong. Once a problem is solved, it spawns another one. They want sympathy, they want support, but definitely not advice. They often play the victim uh, the victim role, and in order to place the focus on themselves versus other people. Number five, the JJ. So this person is often jealous and judgmental. Self-hate and low self-esteem keep them from being happy for anyone else. The jealousy they feel comes out as judgment, criticism, and often gossip. According to the JJ, everyone else is awful, uncool, or lacking in some way. Number six, the fibber. So fibbers are people who lie or exaggerate the truth a lot. Um, eventually, you can't tell, right, whether they're telling the truth or whether they're lying. So what happens is you tend to assume that nothing is true. And finally, number seven is the tank. The tank are uh, people who crush everything in their path, right? This is the person who is always right, 
always puts themselves first. They believe that they're the smartest person in the room and that others are typically below them. Now, I found it interesting that person number four in this list is called a drama magnet. You know, Vanessa calls out drama as one of the seven, but I actually see all seven as elements of dramatic people, right? Elements that um, a dramatic or toxic person would display at any given time. But I get it. It's fun to pull out these specific behaviors in order to see how drama uh, can be created in so many different ways. Okay, number two, does drama find me or do I find the drama? So now that we've identified kind of what drama is, right, what it means to be dramatic or toxic, you know, what people look like who, um, who kind of display this kind of behavior, we have a few questions that need answered. The first, does drama find me? And the second, do I find the drama? Now, the first question is all about susceptibility or how susceptible are we to the drama that comes our way? Now, the assumption here is that we are not the people creating the drama. It's just in our way and we're having to figure out how to deal with it. But how we deal with it is a big deal, right? If we're saying that drama can be toxic, then we need to be sure that we view it the right way. Uh, otherwise, we may be harmed by it. Now, if the first question was about susceptibility, question number two, do I find the drama? Um, that has to do with ownership, right? It's more about ownership. How much ownership do I play in the drama around me? Uh, and the assumption here is that I may be the one creating the drama. It may be coming directly from me. Or at least I'm jumping in and stoking the fire of drama that already exists. So in this scenario... I'm the toxic person. I'm the one who may be harming others. Now, if you are the one creating the drama, there's a good chance that you might need to take a good long look in the mirror, right? What is it that's causing this drama to come out of you? Is it self-centeredness? Um, you know, drama often comes from being hyper-focused on my own needs versus the needs of others. Uh, do I have a survival of the fittest mindset? Like it's me or them, so it better be me. Or maybe I'm bored, like we talked about already. Boredom often leads to drama. Or am I discontent, which we also talked about, right? Discontentment often leads to being irritable, frustrated, and negative most of the time. Now, if you're not creating the drama, but you're still getting sucked into it, uh, you might need to take a look in the mirror as well. Are you being sucked in because you have the same ten tendencies? Are you self-centered? Is it me versus everyone else? Are you bored? Are you discontent? Or are you really not that way, but because you've surrounded yourself with people who are full of drama and you find yourself becoming more and more like them, that could be a potential danger. In this scenario, can you see the negative impact it's having on you? Is it making you less positive? Uh, you know, this friend group we're talking about, is it making you irritable, angry? Uh, does it change the way that you view other people and how you treat other people? Um, you know, is it making it hard to focus on everyday life in order to just stay focused on the drama that's going on in your group? These are, these are just a few of the ways, right, that drama can be toxic to a person who isn't even really generating it. Um, they've just been around it for too long. Number three living the drama-free life. So let me start by saying that this is not 100% possible, right? We are never going to get to a place where we are 100% free of drama. 
I mean, maybe if you move to some deserted island and live by yourself for the rest of your life, then sure, possibly. But since that isn't our reality, we must face the fact that drama will always be around. Just the fact that we come in contact with numerous people throughout our day suggests that at some point we'll bump into drama, whether it's family members, relationships, acquaintances, or just the random person that we show up, uh, you know, at the grocery store in line or, or at a movie theater or, you know, whatever, or on the road, you know, where do you think road rage comes from? Um, you know, at some point in time, it's going to happen. We will be tempted to create drama or give in to drama and we will be forced to deal with it from others. Now, in these situations, we can either choose to live a drama-free life, right? So how can we transcend drama when we're faced with it? Or we can choose to just be all in and add to it. So if we choose to transcend drama, let me suggest a few ways that uh, that this can happen. And I'm just going to call them antidotes, right? Antidotes to the drama virus, if you will. So antidote number one, truth and transparency. So drama typically contains lies, untruths, half-truths, shading the truth, misleading conversations, uh, you know, smoke and mirrors, things like that. So one way to combat drama is to start telling the truth, to just be honest and be willing to have conversations about things that are true. Now, this is another way to say this is being transparent, right? Being open to show other people the real you, the vulnerable side of you, and the things that you believe in. Now, having conversations like this may start like this. I feel sad when the following happens, and I wish the following would happen instead, right? That's a very vulnerable question or statement where you are starting with a truth about you feeling sad, and you're being transparent about the way that you wish things could go instead. Antidote number two, growth and love. Not only is drama based on lies and untruths, but is it is also highly based, like we said, on smoke and mirrors, right? It tries to get us to see things that aren't actually there. Uh, it tries to get us to believe things that seem true, but haven't really been proven to be true. And it tries to get us to act on emotions and feelings that may be manipulated at times. Now, that may also sound like conspiracy theories. And there is a great commonality between smoke and mirrors and conspiracy theories, right? Because a conspiracy theory is a theory, which means it hasn't been proven. And this is where a lot of drama comes from. It's putting things out there that you don't necessarily know to be true. Things that, you know, you could call gossip, I guess, right? right? You're just spreading rumors. You're just spreading spreading things that have not been proven to be true. Um, and those things can often lead to damaging effects on other people. Uh, same with conspiracy theories, right? Conspiracy theories, if taken too far, can actually harm other people. So because of this, we need to grow up. So antidote number two is growth and love. Growth is all about learning and testing the things that we see, going deeper to ensure that we aren't falling for things that aren't true. And then finally, we need to love better. So we need to ask ourselves, what is the loving thing to do? You know, this would change a lot of things, right? Because drama is not typically based in love. So if we run through the love filter first, 
we should immediately be able to determine if it's worth pursuing this dramatic thing or not. Now, another area where love is required is where anecdote number one talked about truth, right? The truth-telling part. Telling the truth is great, but the truth can also be harmful at the same time. Telling an overweight person that they are overweight might be the truth, but is it loving? No, it's not loving at all. So there's this phrase that really makes sense in this situation, and the phrase is telling the truth in love. And that's really what we're going for here, right? It's telling truths that are loving and choosing not to say things that we know will be harmful to others. By the way, did you notice that antidote one and antidote two combined make up the four core values of transcend human? Truth, transparency, growth, and love. Interesting, right? Not only that those four values help us to rise above the human condition, but they help us transcend drama. It just all fits. But let's keep moving. Antidote number three, get yellow. Now, if you've been around here for a while, you've probably heard me talk about spiral dynamics. Uh, It's a pretty crazy theory on human development, one that incorporates many of the previous theories uh, into one. And if you do a little reading, you'll see that as individuals, we we often fall somewhere on the spiral, right? Every single one of us falls somewhere in one of the colors on the spiral. Now, we can bounce up and down on the spiral, but we all have this thing called a center of gravity. It's the level we're at. It's the color we're at where we feel most comfortable, and it's where most of our thinking and behaving comes from. So when it comes to drama, I would suggest that most drama takes place at the lower levels. So the beige level is all about survival. The purple level is superstitious and a little wary about other people. Red is the powering up phase where um, you're basically looking to control others and to control your environment. Blue is a very dogmatic um, level focused on kind of a belief system or a belief structure. Orange is the kind of the scientific or the enlightened um, the enlightened level, um, but it's often used to get ahead in the world, even if it means getting ahead before others. So my take on it is this. As you move up the levels in spiral dynamics, you are actually less likely to experience drama, especially when you get to yellow. Yellow is called the synergy or the integral level. And according to Claire Graves from toolshero.com, people at this level are said to have the following outlook on life. At this level, it is about systems thinking, realizing that everything is interconnected. Tolerance is the key word in this. People work together in a system in which they make their own decisions. Now, it's also called integral because you start to realize that every level in the spiral is integrated and interrelated on some level. You stop looking at others as higher or lower than you, and you start to view all of us as having equal and inherent worth. You're able to kind of view people's shortcomings and people's personality traits as just stemming from their worldview. And you can transcend differences in order to celebrate our common existence. You understand that, you know, each of us has all of the levels, all of the colors within us. And you start to view others the same way, choosing to meet them right where they're at. When you fully embrace yellow, you experience things like this. 
you know, maybe at one point you were a hardcore conservative. Then at some point in your life, maybe you move to be more of a hardcore liberal. But when you get to yellow, you basically look back at those two phases of your life and you can see the benefits and the issues that arose in both. You start to see that neither one is necessarily good or bad. It's not either or. It might actually be both and. You start to feel like you don't belong in polarizing conversations that are happening these days. Instead, you see the positive that comes from all of the stages. So that's spiral dynamics in a nutshell. Number four, antidote number four, see the drama behind the drama. So remember a bit earlier when I said life isn't dramatic, people are dramatic. Well, I really like that statement, but I have to admit it's not 100% true. So there is drama going on behind the scenes, outside of our three dimensions. We call it a battle. We call it spiritual warfare. You can call it God versus Satan, angels versus demons, good versus bad, whatever you want to call it. It really doesn't matter. What matters is whether or not you do believe it's true. And if you understand the impact that that has on your life, because if you do believe it, and you do understand its significance, it can be the most effective antidote to the drama virus. And here's why. So if you have this understanding, if you have this belief in this battle of four, in the fourth dimension, right, this battle between God and Satan, then you're going to understand your role in the battle, right? You're going to understand that God and Satan are actually fighting over you that this drama that's happening behind the scenes is actually because of you. You understand that the choices you make, including the choice to start drama or stop drama, are all eternal choices. God is hoping that you lean on the side of love. Satan is hoping that you stoke the fires and keep the drama alive and well. You start to understand that your behavior isn't just between you and a few other people. Like we said, your behavior is eternal. Now, this may make you feel like a pawn in a large, global, heated game of chess, right? But any good chess player will tell you that one pawn can mean the difference in winning or losing an entire game. You will understand that you are all in this together with everyone else, right? Each of us has intrinsic value. God is fighting for you, but he's also fighting for me. And he's fighting for the Muslim down the street. It doesn't make a difference who we are, what religion, what ethnicity, gender, you know, sexual orientation. It does not matter. God is fighting for all of us, right? Now, understanding this makes drama less of a thing, right? If we look at those around us as siblings, all loved by the same parent, we're less likely to start drama and we're more likely to develop a bond, a sense of loyalty with them. So let's land the plane. I hope you were able to find some next steps in the four antidotes that we just threw out. I know antidote three was a little out there, right? The whole spiral dynamics thing, but it's not the end of the world. If you, fo- if you focus on antidote number four first, uh, and then throw in a little of one and two for good measure, uh, you should be in a good place, right? You should be in a, a good path toward uh, living a drama-free life, or almost drama-free, we would say. Okay, no questions for today. I think that's 
good enough. Um, just enough to focus on the antidotes and what we can do this week to keep drama from ruling our lives. So thank you for joining us. Um, again, have a great drama-free week. And as always, keep transcending human. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of the Transcend Human podcast. For more information, you can go to transcendhuman.com, where you'll find additional content as well as ways to contact us and links to our social media channels. Thanks again for subscribing to the show, and we'll see you again real soon.